The biggest thing is to be patient while you're learning. You know, when you first open, you don't have any bookings. So you're waiting and you're learning. And so I think it's about being patient and being able to transition when things go wrong. Welcome to Better Together with Costi Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Costi Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Susan Dyer, owner and creator of Sulphur Ridge Treehouse and Shasta Camp, Tennessee's first luxury treehouse. Featured everywhere from Architectural Digest, Southern Living Magazine, and Tennessee Crossroads, Sulphur Ridge has quickly become one of the most sought-after travel destinations in the state of Tennessee. Today, we're talking about how to create and operate a successful short-term rental, what guests actually want, and why differentiating yourself and upholding your unique vision will drive profits in every industry, especially hospitality. Susan, tell us about Sulphur Ridge Treehouse in Shasta Camp. We spent 2015 living in Australia, and while we were there, we had our first glamping experience in the outback. So Trent and I fell in love with it. We stayed in a tent down a red dirt road and we ate dinner with the guests from all over the world. We shared, you know, the evenings by the fire pit. We loved it. But we also love mission trips in foreign countries. Mm -hmm. So we've experienced hospitality all over the world. We've slept in strangers' homes. We've taken baths in five-gallon buckets of water. (laughs) We've used that. So we we love, so we have a love of hospitality and we both have extrovert personalities. So that's kind of where it was all birthed was that trip in Australia. So we come back home and thought we would love to do something like this. We would love to offer true Southern hospitality. So we started looking for land. We purchased about 19 acres outside of Baxter, Tennessee. So we were originally going to do cabins. I used to decorate and had a a wedding business to decorate for weddings. Oh, nice. And I saw on Facebook, because, you know, Facebook knows everything that you do. And I kept seeing this treehouse in another state. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I said, Trent, look at this. I think we can do this, but do it better. So I said, let's not do the cabins. Let's do a treehouse. Right. So the treehouse is really unique. It's really different. It's a lot of repurposed materials, all locally, a lot of history. Uh, For example, the front doors dated 1848 off an old mansion near Shelbyville that was used during the Civil War as a hospital. It's all kinds of stories. The flooring is out of Wilson Sporting Goods. You know, they manufactured every professional ball uniform for all teams in America until the late 80s. We love history. We're full of stories. We have a stained glass window in the bathroom from a 100-year-old church out of Kentucky. So it's not a typical building or structure to start with. And then Shasta Camp, we love vintage and we love camping. So I had this vision in my mind to create this little campground with these three little campers. And they sit in a semicircle and they all have a little sidewalk where they share the fire pit. So Shasta was created in 1941. And she was bought out in the late 80s, early 90s by Forest River. So for her birthday in 2015, they said, let's reissue her just like she was in the 60s. And they picked 1961. And then they only manufactured 1,941 campers for the whole United States. Wow. So that was all three colors combined. And they did the original colors, a yellow, a mint green, and a red. So we, we have three of those at the little campground. So... 
it's pretty fun at Shasta Camp. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's only been like three years since you started this endeavor, right? And can you pinpoint any decisions that directly contributed to the incredible success and notoriety of the property? It was probably based from that trip of being in Australia sure. and just experiencing something different, kind of an escape from the noise because we were, you know, we were out in the outback in the desert, so it was amazing. But we also quickly realized that we're not on on the side of a mountain, we're not sitting beside the lake, so we had to create that destination. We couldn't just own a home that's an Airbnb. How hard was it to build a treehouse? First off, I have no construction experience at all, so I'm trying to like envision how to put this thing together, but how many square feet is it? About 400 square feet. 400 square feet. So Trent has a background in building. He's a custom cabinet maker all okay. his life. Okay. So he can do plumbing, electrical. He can practically build anything. So we we sat in our living room and drew up our plans on a piece of paper. We hired an Amish company, some guys out of uh, Sunbelt. So they come to build, but they, they didn't drive. So we had to hire a driver. Uh, so they dried it in. And then we did a lot of the work. Like we have a, a window wall that's 22 feet wide and 12 feet tall. Wow. So Trent and I put all that glass in. We built all that trim. We put the floor down. We put the bathroom ceilings tongue and groove. So we, we did a lot of the work ourselves. So obviously the inspiration came from Australia. Mm-hmm, it right? did. Where did the perseverance to get it done come from? Because, I mean, you weren't scared to take on a project like this. So, I mean, where did that come from? Well, we're in our 60s. Okay. (laughs) So most people in their 60s are ready to sit on their couch. Right. And we're just not, we're, we're just really active and we... I don't know. We love to we love to create something and that's really challenging and we we love that. Yeah. I think that's just kind of our lifestyle. We don't sit on the couch very much. Trent also works with a company with NASCAR. So he's an in-car camera technician. Wow. And he's done that for 26 years. So he travels with that circuit. So he's not always here, but we love, I don't know, we love to create. It's just it's something in us. It's we both love it. I love it's it. like our craft. How has the mission and the vision behind Sulphur Ridge shaped you as a host and an entrepreneur? I think what I've loved the most about it, and this is what I was sharing with you, we're not just a place to stay. We're, it's a, truly an experience when you come there. But in doing this, it's allowed us now to do some of the, what we're passionate about, which is foreign missions. Uh, we support an orphanage in Uganda that we are the only monthly donor support that they have. Oh, wow. So we love that our guests kind of become part of that. So you're supporting these these individuals throughout the entire world, and you're incorporating this business that you guys are running into the process. What throughout your life has made charity and giving so important? I think why it's so important to me and to Trent, uh, we grew up without very much and, and grew up really poor. Sure. So you understand what that feels like when you don't have clothes and all the pretty things. And in experiencing, you know, in America, I just think it's the land of opportunity. You don't have to have an education to make something out of your life. You really don't. The opportunity's endless. I mean, it's absolutely endless. But if you go to Africa and you sit in a little mud hut 
and she's 87 years old and she's trying to feed her grandchildren, Mm -hmm. there's no help. Your neighbor doesn't have any food either. So once you experience that, I don't know how you come home and not be a different person. Yeah, I want to give back. Yes. We love that. And we love foreign countries because we feel like our passion is for where other people don't want to go. Absolutely. So you have over 300 reviews with a perfect score of five out of five on Airbnb. How do you create an exceptional customer experience every time? I think what we do, we don't make it special for you if it's your anniversary. We make it special for every guest. Yeah. Uh, We do local roasted coffee, local fresh roasted coffee. So we don't just buy regular coffee. We do goat's milk soap that we buy from a little shop in Florida that has an ocean sponge in it. We have Ralph's Donuts for our guests. So, and it's for every guest. I keep a dozen red roses. So we're, we're, we're spending money too. Sure. We're spending money that could be our profits, yeah. actually. Yeah. But it's really about hospitality. That's what we love and that's what we're passionate about. So talking a little bit about your past, um, you said you came from humble beginnings. Did you ever own short-term rentals before? I mean, like I'm, I, I'm trying to pinpoint like, okay, when you thought, you know, it would be a great idea. I'm going to build a tree house <laughs> and I'm going to sign up with Airbnb and it's going to be successful. So I'm, I'm just curious, what's your background? Did, did you, I know you said you had a wedding design company. I did decor for decor, weddings. Okay. So I did decor, uh, worked in retail, okay. management in retail. So I'm, I don't have any design really, but I'm, I think I'm good at it. Yeah. It's kind of a natural to me. I just went with my sister-in-law to pick out all her tile, everything for her house. My niece has a boyfriend. I just went and did their paint colors. I love it. It's just, it's just what I do. And I, I don't have any formal education. It's just a sense that I can pick up. I think a lot of it, it's about how you make them feel as a guest. Trent and I, I don't know how we birthed that whole big, crazy idea. Sure. I'm not really sure how we created all that. We don't always have a plan at the end. We just kind of do it as we go. Mm-hmm. But I I knew of short-term rentals, and I I thought they could be successful. But most of them are in places of uh, national parks. They're in Nashville. They're in big cities. So the draw is already there. Your draw is already probably 75% because that's where you're going. Right. So to us, it was challenging because we don't have that. We're in the woods, but we're... we're on the outskirts of town. We're nowhere. So I felt like we had to create that draw. We had to create that experience that you want to come to our property to experience it. You created a destination in Bloomington Bloomington Springs, Springs, Tennessee. (laughs) Which is nowhere. (laughs) Right. That's great. What's the population of Bloomington Springs? I'm going to say 75 or 100 people, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So I want to ask you about your guests. What do you think, whether it's amenities or atmosphere, location, decor, or you being the host, what do you think actually matters to guests? I read once that people will forget things that you say and people will forget things that you do, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. I think we've got that. But then in doing that, it's like they give back to us. It's it's become a relationship. It's really about relationship. Um, they text me. They send me pictures. They check on me when the storms come. Sure, yeah. 
Trent and I were working one afternoon at Shasta Camp, and the treehouse guests were going to lunch. And they always want to stop and come see the campers and, and look at the campground. And we always we leave the doors unlocked and tell them they can go up there and look anytime long as there's not a guest there. But the guests stopped and they we were visiting and talking about COVID and traveling and, you know, where we were going and what we were doing. And so I was explaining to them how we take care of this little boy on an island in the Caribbean and we were getting ready to go visit. And mm-hmm. we're, we're paying to put a roof on his home. They don't have electricity. They still drink rainwater. Wow. So they go to lunch and they come back and she hands me a check for a thousand dollars. Amazing. <laughs> and I just think, who does that? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go to an Airbnb and yeah. say, here, I want to give you some money? <laughs> when someone goes to Bloomington Springs and decides yeah. <laughs> to spend a few nights in a treehouse, I think those are those types of people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and But then it's things like, I posted something on social media about, oh, if it's your anniversary, come spend it at the treehouse. Yeah. And I got a private message from a woman that said, Susan, it is the most perfect place to spend your anniversary. And she said, it was my my last anniversary with my husband, and it was wonderful. We just spent our last anniversary there. And she reached out to me because she said he died last week. Oh my! So God. she said, we have the most special memory of being there together. Yeah. I felt so honored that she felt compelled to share that with me, something so private and so personal. But she felt a connection to me to share a part of her life. I was very honored. So, Susan, before you decided to go down and do this venture, were you retired? Well, I wasn't working. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't really retired, but I wasn't working. Got it. And now, do you own more Airbnbs now, or is that just your, is that still just your own properties? That's the only one. That's the only one. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think, just for people that are listening that want to manage Airbnbs, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a big business. It's a little bit of a trend right now, too, I think. Everybody's trying to buy 10 houses. and Yeah, yeah. right. How do you or can you turn this project into a full-time job? No, the the question is, how did I turn this project into a part-time job? Well, (laughs) because it is a full-time job. (laughs) So you can't work two full-time jobs, right? (laughs) No, I don't have... Like if you were somebody that's working... I'd have 10 more properties if I had 80 hours in a day because I love it. Yeah. So I think what's so challenging, we have created, like, we have lots of plants and flowers and I do lots of special things, but you don't have to do those things. If your property is unique, if you're in a an amazing city, if you're on the side of a cliff, then I think that's a draw. Right. So I don't think you will have to do all those things to be successful. I think it matters. Sure. It definitely matters for what we've created. But I think you can still be successful. You know, a cabin in Gatlinburg is pretty successful, I think. Yeah. And they don't do all that. But there's still, it's about it's about your location. It's about the home. Right. What's the most valuable lesson that you've learned since opening Sulphur Ridge? And would you change anything? Probably the most valuable lesson is never underestimate when you conversate with people or when you spend time with them. Never underestimate what matters because we just conversate and talk and say things. And just like my relationship with the woman whose husband had died, I never expected to hear back from her. I never, you know, but she felt connected to me. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's it. And I wouldn't change a thing. We, we love it. We love what we do. But what's the hardest part in when it comes to working in short-term rentals? To me, my hardest, the most difficult challenge for me is to separate it because when you love your job, you, you work all the time. Yeah, right. You just work eight days a week. (laughs) 
25 hours a day? <laughs> I try to go places sometimes and not talk about it. We went to the Putnam room a few nights ago sure. and she was like, oh, you're the treehouse lady. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> do, you, or do you think that you're going to always be the treehouse lady? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's a good thing to be. Right. It's not exactly. a bad thing. Exactly. Obviously, you've been extremely successful. What's your advice to aspiring hosts? To do your homework. Okay. I researched everything. I mean, I read everything I could read about how to host Uh, What kind of towels should you use? What kind of sheets should you use? But even in reading all that, you still have to kind of navigate your own way. And I think the the biggest thing is to be patient while you're learning. You know, when you first open, you don't have any bookings. So So you're waiting and you're learning. And so I think it's about being patient and being able to transition when things go wrong. Sure. You know, if the housekeeper calls me today and she's not going to show up, I'm probably going to clean. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> so you just always have to be ready because things do go wrong. Sure. You know, you have a storm and a trees fell and they have no electricity. And what are you going to do? So when you started, like, did you post it and it went live and then immediately you started to get bookings? Or did you have that kind of lag where you it's live, but no one's... No, we pretty much got bookings immediately. That first guest that you had, what was that experience like? I think we didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) So you were just there all day. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to even learn how to navigate the Airbnb app. Sure. Because you're so nervous and you don't know what you're doing. And then there's questions of, do you go to VRBO? Do you go to the booking.com? Which we're not on any other platforms because we don't have time to get to them. Right. We stay so booked that I think, you know, why, why bother? I mean, it's okay. If it's successful, then just go with that. I know that you said you don't have any any more time left for any new ventures, but do you think in the future you might, you know, end up doing something else, something eclectic like this again? When we built the property and brought in the electricity and the water, we, you know, we stuck a little place over there where it's ready yeah. that we could build or we talk about if we sell, would we like to own a beach house? Maybe something not so that we don't have our hands in yeah. so much that we could have a little more free time. Yeah. So... We always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together? That would probably be Trent, my husband. He's an excellent builder. He pays attention to fine detail. So if I can dream it up and be creative, he can build it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv. If you've enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv is a Costa Yepafonsiv production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Post-production, mixing, and editing by Mike Franklin. Want to know more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsiv.com. We're better together.